Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of Fit Till 30. As always, I am your host Tudor and thank you for joining me each Wednesday as we go through cognitive biases and learn how to overcome them. This week's topic is closely related to an often occurring phenomenon we experience each time we go grocery shopping, be it in person or online. Raise your virtual hands if you've ever bought a bottle of orange juice. Okay, thank you. You can put them down now. Obviously, I can't see your raised hands, but by referring to consumer surveys, I'm going to guess about 30% of you consume orange juice at least occasionally. I'm also going to assume that you feel quite good about drinking said orange juice. It might be a morning staple or a treat you drink alongside your lunch dessert. And most likely, you feel this is a better option than, say, drinking soda or other popular sugary drinks. After all, orange juice comes from oranges and oranges are as healthy and natural as you can get, right? Well, you might have deduced from the tone of my voice that sadly, no, orange juice is not as healthy as it would seem at a glance. In fact, orange juice has 18% more calories per 100 milliliters than your regular Coke or Pepsi. 45 kilocalories per 100 milliliters versus 38 for those of you crunching the numbers. This might come as a surprise if you've tried using orange juice as a replacement for sugar-based beverages as it might be hindering your weight loss instead of helping it. Of course, orange juice has its benefits with regards to non-caloric properties such as a high fiber count and vitamin C content. However, if you lack these two things in your regular diet, you are better served choosing better options to satisfy those needs, one of them being actual oranges. Now, you might counter my argument above by mentioning that oranges are more caloric than orange juice coming in at 47 kilocalories per 100 grams, to which I will respond fair enough and come back with the following phrase, not all calories are created equal. What do I mean by this? Well, whilst for pure calorie tracking purposes, all calories are created equal and you should strive to not exceed the daily caloric goal you set for yourself, once you've gained some experience in tracking your food intake, you will notice that some caloric sources are better than others. Going back to our oranges versus orange juice example, let's say you have calculated your daily intake and you can fit 250 calories worth of either oranges or orange juice as your daily snack. 250 calories of orange juice would be 550 milliliters or about two glasses worth. This product has been optimized for ease of consumption, keep in mind, making it a matter of just unscrewing a bottle and gulping down its contents. In addition, you would often feel like having just the orange juice wouldn't be enough, so you would pair it with something else like some pastry or sweets often increasing the total number of calories consumed. On the other hand, eating 530 grams of oranges comes to about 3 oranges. But these oranges were created by an orange tree, not squeezed, filtered and bottled in a factory. Their only mission is to be sweet enough to be picked and eaten by animals, thus ensuring the spread of its seeds, not to be easily consumed by humans on a lunch break at work. You need to work for those orange calories. You need to peel away the rind first, which will take a while. 
Then you will separate the orange pieces, occasionally picking and throwing the weird stringy bits that weren't removed fully from the peeling process. As it is a more textured food, with more fiber than its juice counterpart, the orange will also make you feel fuller and contribute more to your dietary vitamin requirements as well, removing the need to consume more food alongside it. So this is why the source of your calories is sometimes important to consider when deciding what to eat in a day, as some choices will pack a higher caloric punch to meet the same needs, essentially adding empty calories to an already restricted diet. Another food that often deceives with its healthy appearance are protein bars. For those of you who want to increase their muscle mass or want to lose fat without losing muscle, reaching a certain minimum amount of protein consumed in a day is essential. Because of this, protein bars are often seen as a healthy alternative to more traditional snack bars, providing a hefty amount of protein without being a shake or something else not as delectable as a bar of chocolate or cereal. However, most protein or granola bars end up being only slightly less caloric than chocolate bars, and you might end up consuming more calories from these as you'll be tempted to consume more of them as you would otherwise since they're healthier and rich in protein. Frustratingly enough, if you did check the nutrition label on a so-called protein bar, you'll see protein rarely reaches 25% of the macronutrients present in the bar, the rest being, of course, fats and carbs. The final example I wanted to give you are breakfast cereals. Perhaps one of the most successful advertising campaigns in the history of marketing propel these from a weird new application of rolled grains to a staple of diets worldwide, becoming synonymous with the concept of a full morning meal. What people don't realize is that breakfast cereal pioneered the concept of a breakfast in general, as it was usually only people engaged in strenuous physical activities that felt the need for a breakfast. As for everyone else, a breakfast isn't a necessity to perform their morning tasks. But for marketing, people were convinced that a breakfast, called so because it is breaking the inadvertent fast that occurred from when we went to sleep until we woke up, was the optimal start to the day, and that breakfast cereal was the perfect food choice for it. In practice, breakfast cereal is no more of a healthy option than chewing, chowing on bread or eating bagels, since all you are eating in all three cases is processed grains. Again, you might be tempted to say that breakfast cereal is healthier because it has many vitamins. And yes, the branding on the box and the nutritional content may advertise that it has upwards of 100% of your daily nutritional need for many vitamins. But first off, not all cereal has this. Usually only the plainer corn cereal will contain these added vitamins, and most people prefer the tastier wheat-based cereals that also have chocolate, yogurt, or other extra components and flavorings. And if, even if you are a dedicated consumer of these vitamin-rich cereals, the vitamins in these are added in the factory process, as they are not naturally occurring in the grains used. As such, their absorption by your body will be severely limited and will not match with the claims posted on the box. Examining all three of these so-called healthy foods I mentioned above, they do have one thing in common. They are all under the umbrella of the health halo effect. 
Now this effect occurs whenever we are exposed to foods that have healthy claims on their labels such as low fat, natural, organic and so on. This tricks us into believing these products are healthier and conversely have fewer calories which makes us consume those products in greater quantities. For example, we would look at a low fat yogurt and think it has fewer calories and buy three yogurts instead of two. But the low fat yogurt most likely replaced the fat with even more carbohydrates, making it just as unhealthy as the regular version and now you have been fooled in consuming 50% more as a result. This all happens because our brains are trying to make snap decisions when we purchase groceries and isn't always in the mood to check every nutritional label and compare various brands. As such, it is more than happy to adopt the lingo used by the marketing departments of food companies and use those healthy labels to decide our purchases, alleviating any guilt over potentially choosing the wrong thing. A whole discussion can be had on whether it is ethical for companies to use this kind of misleading labeling in order to encourage consumers to overindulge in foods based on one single claim to healthiness. They might claim that they don't specifically state those foods as being low calorie and aren't lying about the product's contents per se. However, many food advocates consider these tactics to be deeply manipulatory and designed to appeal to our mind's tendency to latch on any familiar terms it recognizes on an otherwise ordinary food packaging, making the food manufacturers seem like predators preying on the unsuspecting general public. Now, regardless of how this debate will proceed in the future and its impact, I think we should be more aware of this health halo effect and how it informs our shopping habits. After all, just like with many other things, we would be better served if we become more educated on the topic and learn to discern the truth instead of relying on companies or the government forcing companies to tell us the truth regarding the products we purchase. The most precious battles won by consumers were the addition of the ingredients list and the nutritional information table, and we must learn to use those to determine the true healthiness of a foodstuff rather than the fancy label on the front and the buzzwords associated with them. Moving on to this week's weight loss progress, I unfortunately won't be able to give you a weigh-in this week and next week as I am on holiday. Believe me, I wish I could weigh myself as it is quite strange to miss some weekly measurement after such a long streak. Thinking about it, being on holiday is one of those true moments where your diet and discipline regarding weight loss is really put to the test and I hope I will be able to return from this trip with happy news on this front. My last week has been eventful, what with all the frantic packing for the holiday and long hour rides to my destination. I have already gone on some long hikes through some beautiful national parks and hope to continue this trend into next week as well. I'll stop here as I don't want to turn this into a travel blog, but I think you've caught the gist of it anyways. In any case, thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope you found the health halo effect an interesting topic to find out about. As always, if you want to leave feedback on today's episode, you can find the email address in the episode description. There, you'll also find the links to the podcast, Twitter and Facebook, 
which you can follow to find out when the newest episode is released, as well as the show's subreddit. Hope you all have a lovely week, and I'll see you next time. Cheers.